This episode contains potentially triggering mentions of bigotry and transphobia between 26 minutes, 35 seconds, and 30 minutes and 11 seconds. How many gay historical figures do you know? Probably not that many. Most of them live their lives in secrecy, and history books tend to ignore any rainbow flags that someone might present. But they existed. They were people just like us, writers and innovators and artists and leaders, and they don't deserve to hide any longer. We're your hosts, Mary Rogers and Eile Yamamoto, and join us as we uncover the ghosts in the closet. Historians say they were very close friends. Gal pals. Colleagues. Best friends. Independent. Companions. Rebellious. Roommates. Um, weren't they just queer? You're listening to Ghosts in the Closet with Mary Rogers and Eile Yamamoto. Hi everyone, I'm Eile. And I'm Mary. And welcome to Ghosts in the Closet. Today we're taking it back to the golden age of Hollywood where massive studios churned out film after film after film and the stars of the black and white screen lived their glamorous, dramatic Hollywood lives. You know what else they starred in? Homosexual activity. Yeah, they did. (laughs) It should come as no surprise that old Hollywood, much like current Hollywood, was a lot gayer than you might expect. They just had to be a little quieter about it. For lovers of The Six Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid, this episode is for you. Of course, before we get into that, let's hop into some recent queer news. Tennessee Lieutenant Governor Randy McNally was exposed for commenting on numerous Instagram posts by gay influencer Franklin McClure. Many of the posts were slightly racy or partially nude. In a close-up post of McClure's backside, the governor commented, Finn, you can turn a rainy day into rainbows and sunshine. Rainbows and sunshine. The governor, who is a supporter of Bill's criminalizing drag shows, publicly apologized for his comments and said that he was trying to better understand and foster a relationship with the queer community. (laughs) He also allegedly sent private messages to McClure, who has described their interactions as supportive and pleasant. The governor's team announced that he is taking a break from social media. Yeah, no s***. We now have to publicly apologize for commenting on Twink Instagram photos. (laughs) Take that social media away. (laughs) That's so funny. I bet he, like, didn't know that, like, people can see who he is or something. Yeah, like, it was definitely not on purpose. But it's so funny that they're they're not, like, well, they are creepy, I feel like, just in essence. But, like, you can turn a rainy day into rainbows and sunshine. Like, that is what your your uncle says to you, like, when they're trying to comment (laughs) on your post. And then they don't get invited back to Thanksgiving. (laughs) Okay, moving on. A gay couple in South Korea won a landmark court case ruling that the National Health Insurance Service should provide them with spousal coverage. So Sung-uk and Kim Young-min are activists that have been very public about their relationship as they fight for their rights and pave the way for other queer people in South Korea. They're excited about the progress to come for LGBTQ rights in the country, which has been traditionally intolerant of the community. They've been together for 10 years since they met during their conscription. Maybe the military-industrial complex ain't so bad. Maybe South uh, Korea will end their required military service when they find out that gay people are falling in love there. In other news, a Catholic group in Colorado spent millions of dollars to obtain data that identified priests who use gay dating apps such as Grindr and share it around the country to out-closeted priests. What they don't realize is how much this will backfire since they just introduced a bunch of single gay priests to each other. <laughs> also, it's going to backfire when they're looking at the results and it's every priest It's all of ever. them. Oh, John? John? Oh my god. 
So to celebrate Women's History Month and the Oscars, two events that we're both very excited about, this episode will focus on queer women in old Hollywood. You'll soon learn that there was, in fact, an intricate network of girl kissers in Hollywood at the time. And today's episode serves as a reminder that queer people have been finding one another for a very long time. And of course, that messy lesbian drama is timeless. It is timeless. We will never escape it. It's true. So we will start off with one of the more well-known names of this era, actress Greta Garbo, who was known for her incredible acting prowess and the aura of mystery surrounding her life. Born in Sweden in 1905 to relatively humble upbringings, Garbo's incredible acting skill, especially her expressions, turned her into one of Hollywood's greatest box office stars. In her long career, Garbo starred in nearly 30 films, including A Woman of Affairs, Anna Karenina, and Camille. She received three Academy Award nominations, and though she never won, she received an honorary Oscar in 1954. Michelle Yeoh could never. Michelle, Michelle Yeoh. So I just have to bring her right her now. Up. We were very excited about Michelle Yeoh and everything. We were all at it's once. It's true. We were hand in hand. Hand in hand. It was heart announced. Anyway, um, <laughs> not to bring that up in the middle of this informational segment. Um, so, when the film industry made the transition from silent to sound films, her films advertised it with the phrase, Garbo Talks. Garbo had numerous love affairs but never married, and had a habit of turning down proposals. She once wrote, quote, I will probably remain a bachelor all my life. Wife is such an ugly word. I love this quote. Just obviously iconic at the time that she announced that, but also she called herself a bachelor, ah, not a bachelorette. Right? Like, girl, that's all we need. I kind of think we need to, like, bring that. I think bachelorette as yeah. a word should be destroyed. We don't need it. women as bachelors, just so much better, in my opinion. Same with, like, actor and actress. They're all actors. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's they, silly. They be acting. They be acting. But you know who wasn't be acting? Greta, <laughs> Greta Garbo. <laughs> Towards, towards the end of her career, she stopped being cast as much and starred in a few unsuccessful films, prompting her to retire at the old age of 35. Oh, Greta. Sorry, girl. <laughs> After retiring, Garbo, who was once a supreme Hollywood darling, became something of a recluse. She made no public appearances, including to accept her honorary Oscar, and was rarely seen. In 1937, Life magazine wrote, quote, The recluse of Hollywood now lives with a housekeeper in Santa Monica. She has made few friends. Occasionally, she is cordial to strangers, but more often, she will run away rather than meet them. <laughs> okay, so my question is, what is Life Magazine's vendetta against this poor girl? Like, are you... I'm sorry, what? That was brutal. Occasionally, she's cordial. <laughs> Sounds like someone's mean relatives at, like, a dinner. Like, she's made also, few friends. Also, the imagery of she will run away rather than meet them, I know they mean she just avoids it, but, like, I just picture her, like, screaming. Like, running away? Sounds like, how, how are you? She's gone. Yeah, she's gone. But more on her. Greta Garbo once called homosexual affairs exciting secrets. Really? <laughs> and we can confirm like that. that Garbo had a lot of them. Some of her most notable exciting secrets include poet Mercedes de Acosta, screenwriter Salka Viertel, who often wrote scripts starring her, and allegedly Billie Holiday. That one, like, shocked me. I Billy, know. Billy okay. is making her appearances around um, our podcast, yeah. I would say. But her lifelong love may have been someone less on the Hollywood radar, her childhood friend, Swedish actress Mimi Pollock. In letters to Pollock during their 60-year correspondence, Garbo writes things like, quote, The letter from you has aroused a storm of longing within me, end quote. 
You go first. I just want to say that gay people in history love saying stuff like this. I mean specifically the storm part. They're always like You're a right. storm of feeling, a storm of longing. You've aroused a storm in me. They love saying that. Because they're all just broody and angsty. It was like thundering <laughs> yeah. outside and they were sitting inside <laughs> aggressively writing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I when I read that quote for the first time, it like reminded me right away of Chopin. Like yeah. I feel like it's so romantic in that kind of yeah, like flowery way. Because again, it's like, I love a love letter that's almost a bit violent. Yeah, like it's intense. Severe. It's intense. It, it gets the feelings across. Mm-hmm. And when Pollock told Garbo that she was pregnant, Garbo responded, quote, We cannot help our nature as God has created it, but I've always thought you and I belong together. Okay, quote. so um, this is obviously like a really sweet uh, quote. When I first read it, though, I thought she was like talking about the pregnancy when she said we can't help our nature. Like I thought she was like, ew, well, I guess you can't help it. <laughs> I was like, oh, wait, no, it was sweet. Anyway. We can't help our nature nature as God has created it. But yeah, she said it point blank. Yeah. It's definitely kind of not really something we can argue about here. This was gay. Yep. But who cares about Pollock? Pollock aside, one of Garbo's most well-known love affairs or exciting secrets was with famous actress Marlene Dietrich. Their romance was so tumultuous that for the rest of her life, Garbo pretended not to know Dietrich. When the reporter once asked her about it, she asked, Mary, if you will, but who is Marlene Dietrich? So let's answer that question. Oh, I'm up now, how exciting. So Marlene Dietrich, born in Berlin in 1901, was a German-American actress and singer and was one of the highest paid actresses of her time. She was best known for films such as Morocco, Shanghai Express, and The Devil is a Woman. But she was also an active stage performer and cabaret singer. Dietrich was unconventional for her time. She enjoyed dressing in menswear, and many of her cabaret performers featured her signature look of a top hat and the finest of suits. Oh, I love and, a, a woman in a suit in like the 1950s. Seriously, we do love talking about that. Yeah. Have you seen? Have you ever seen a picture of Marlene back then? Yeah, she has. Her look. I is, don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but she has. She's really. No, we were definitely not allowed okay. to say that. She okay. She like very much exudes the kind of powerful lesbian vibe, I would say. Yeah, she also enjoyed boxing and was known for having the greatest legs in Hollywood. <laughs> a high honor. Second only to me. <laughs> no, that's that's the best calves in Hollywood. Oh. <laughs> difference. Uh, <laughs> Later in her career, Dietrich focused heavily on politics and social movements. And this fact just absolutely blew me away. At the onset of World War II, she renounced her German citizenship and dedicated her time to helping the war effort, including advocating for citizenship for German escapees and exiles. That is nuts. That's incredible. You kind of forget that. We're like, okay, the golden age of Hollywood, they're doing this. Like, you forget that these people lived through two world wars. Truly, it was not all parties. Yeah, so they, I mean, being a German citizen living in America, that must have just been a really complicated a weird position weird position to be, to be in, in. Yeah. it's awesome that she was able to help escapees and, and refugees get citizenship and stuff but her remarkable career aside Dietrich was openly bisexual historian Diana McClellan described her as a bohemian young mama with a notorious and compulsive appetite for the sexual seduction of other beautiful women particularly backstage Diana McClellan said it best she really did bohemian young mama bohemian young mama I wish I could say that in a translate letter <laughs> <accent>. <laughs> yeah. bohemian 
young mama. No, I <laughs> but uh, we can all imagine, yes. Yes. Dietrich was part of Hollywood's sewing circle, or the quiet circle of sapphic Hollywood stars. It was filled with women she had flings with, who all kind of had flings with <laughs> each other, as the lezzies do. Yeah. Side note, she called her group of male lovers the Alumni Association, <laughs> uh, which allegedly included John F. Kennedy. I think there's a lot there we have to discuss. Yes. Where to start? Where to start? I'm just going to knock this one off the list. John F. Kennedy. Like, what? John F. Kennedy, canonically, was with a bisexual woman. They were the first straight man bisexual woman. Ever to exist. <laughs> I'm sorry. Alumni Association. That's she's hilarious, it's clearly. It's so funny. Like, I don't know how to like say this in a PG way, but she's just like openly, proudly calling herself a s- like she was like, <laughs> people come and go. Like there's a yeah. bunch of members. It's, so, it's so nice that she's kind of open about her sexuality, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, the timelessness of the, the sewing circle. A group of lesbians who have all kind of dated each other are having flings with each other. Seriously. Is hilarious to me. Do you remember that video that came out where like Jojo Siwa and Avery were together <laughs> and they were in the background of Soph's picture and that like problematic lesbian YouTuber was there and everybody was like, oh my God. Anyway, they, they had yeah. those nights where they had those crossover episodes. Cross- I know, exactly. They were all hanging out. There's probably so much drama. So like much the drama, TikTok drama. FOMO. Yeah, for reference, for anyone who um, you know has a has a real life and is respectable, there's a lot of lesbian TikTok drama between obviously like lesbian TikTokers whose content revolves around them being lesbians, yeah. but also like random celebrities like JoJo Siwa, yeah, and it's very deep and hilarious and ridiculous because it's all for like at this point people just like fly to each other's cities to be in one video together to be like, hey guys, we hung out, now gossip about it. Yeah, it's it's anyway. insane. Yeah, and and it works. So some of her most notable. Exciting secrets. Include Greta Garbo. Wait, we've heard that name before. Oh, hold on. Interesting. Greta Garbo. Actress Anna Mae Wong. And poet Mercedes de Acosta, who we have also heard mentioned earlier. Who she called her prince and was seemingly deeply in love with. Her letters to Acosta were filled with love and familiarity. In one, she sent a pair of her stockings with just the words, Mon Amour. Oh, thanks, I practice. <laughs> In another, she writes, I kiss your beautiful hands and your heart. Aww. The stocking thing is, I love that. There's something so, like, it seems like something that happened in a movie. Yeah. Also, all I want in life is to have someone that I can call my prince. I like, what? You can call me prince. Oh, okay, prince. Um, Purple mate. Okay. <laughs> and there's more. In her autobiography, Acosta wrote, Marlene sent me flowers sometimes twice a day, Mm. 10 dozen roses or 12 dozen carnations. I was at a loss to know where to put them. We never had enough faces, and when I told Marlene this, as a hint not to send any more flowers, instead I received a great many Lalique vases and even more flowers. (laughs) Problem solved. I love, like, I I just love love that so much. That's how you do it. Like, she did it right. She said, I love gifts. I love being pampered. But oh my god, this would get annoying. Yeah, like, wait, I so would hate it. Could you imagine? Just having <laughs> wait, a, I, this would really piss me off. I actually didn't think about it that way. She's like, hey girl, my house is full. My house please, is full. She's like, bad, more faces. You have to just start throwing them out. Yeah, well, but I, this is how rich people do romance. Isn't that's that so true. It really is. They don't know anything else. Rich lesbians. But she was clearly, Marlene was clearly very interested in her. It's true. So the letters and their wonderful quirkiness go on and on. The two women undoubtedly had 
a deep, loving relationship that almost seems like something out of a movie. And Dietrich, in particular, seemed infatuated with Acosta. Just a little bit. Acosta, however, was allegedly more interested in Greta Garbo. So it's so messy. Mercedes de Acosta is possibly the Jojo Siwa of Hollywood's sewing circle. So let's talk about her. But first, I just want to say, like, when we talked about earlier how Greta and Marlene like don't talk anymore and how she said she didn't know who she was, I was thinking, oh, maybe it had to do with Mercedes. Maybe there was like a battle over her or something. Yeah. But learning Mercedes is more interested in Greta the whole time. Like, what's going on with that? I know. What is going on? It's... Can you just imagine the three of them in a room together? Right. Because there's no way a that room? all three of them... Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. There's no way that all three of them haven't at least, like, interacted. I just can imagine, like, the most side-eye. They're, like, in, at the Seriously. Oscars. There's, like, insane side-eye. They're all, like, being really passive-aggressive. Oh, nice to see you, Greta. Not even. <laughs> Who's Greta? Yeah. Who's Marlene? Oh, sure, I forgot that they just pretended. Like, dude, to pretend to not even know of another famous person's existence, like, in public, when everyone knows that you know who that person is, that is next level shade. It's like when Justin Bieber was like, who's Shawn Mendes? <laughs> when, like, Vanessa Hudgens at the Oscars. Have you seen? She, like, walked right by Austin Butler. They were together for how many years? She just walked right by him and didn't even look at him. That is... Oh, then you know he did some problematic shit. Yeah, and he had this I little mean, Elvis look on his face. So moving on to the woman who connects us all. And by us, I mean <laughs> these Greta two Garbo and Marlene Dietrich. Mercedes de Acosta was born in 1892 in New York City to Cuban and Spanish parents. A prolific writer, Acosta wrote poems, screenplays, stage plays, and novels, but she's most famous for her near-revolutionary openness about her sexuality. For example, her autobiography, Here Lies the Heart, details her lesbian relationships and serves as a strong reminder of how common and real queer relationships were during this time period. It's a piece of valuable queer history. Acosta once said, quote, I can get any woman from a man, end quote, and it seems that she was telling the truth. Some of her most notable affairs, sorry, some of her notable exciting secrets include actress Hala Nazimova, another name we've heard, stage actress Eva La Gallienne, and of course, Marlene Dietrich. Her greatest love, however, may have been Greta Garbo, who she was deeply infatuated in. In fact, she was nearly obsessive to the point of concern. This is an insane love triangle. Mm -hmm. We have... Where's, where's the thread start? It starts with, I would say, like, Marlene, because Marlene has dated Garbo and Acosta, but Marlene was most in love with Acosta. Acosta was most in love with Garbo, who clearly Wasn't was kind of it. onto her, like, best childhood best friend. Yeah. <gasps> so it's this whole, like, little... It actually is a triangle. Yeah. So, she was deeply infatuated with Garbo and almost obsessive, but though they spent time together, Garbo clearly did not have the same volume of feelings towards Acosta, and she allegedly strung her along a little bit. Garbo would have periods of time where she would humor Acosta, spending time together, going on vacations, and other periods of time where she would... <laughs> and other periods of time where she would ignore her completely. It's possible that she didn't even have feelings for her at all. Parentheses, side piece, is what I wrote in the script. <laughs> Seriously, like, the whole vacations, they didn't just spend a bit of time together. Like, they were traveling the world together, watching the sunsets. And she just, like, maybe wasn't actually that into her. At one point, Garbo even asked her to stop sending her love letters and poems, many of which were filled with jealousy. It hurts. Like, the yeah. Can you imagine if Mercedes and Marlene Dietrich were, like, equally in love with each other and sending each other that energy? Right? Because Marlene was giving Acosta the energy that 
Acosta was giving Garbo. Yeah. It's so all they just being capable. wasted. It's being wasted. It's true. like I'm sure that if it was Garbo sending her flowers on flowers, Acosta would have been fine with that. Yeah. But alas, that's not how love works. The heart wants what it wants. This next part is so funny. <laughs> I forgot about this. <laughs> <laughs> in one greeting card sent <laughs> in one greeting card sent from Garbo to Acosta Garbo wishes her a happy birthday and tells her not to call <laughs> you cannot make this up are you serious <laughs> happy birthday never contact me again <laughs> like why happy birthday please you know, I'm sure maybe it was like taken out of context so they just like had the greeting card maybe it was like she was busy or something but Happy birthday, don't call me is so funny. It's so funny. Imagine it's getting that so... on your birthday. So overall, there's no specific evidence of a romantic relationship between Garbo and Acosta, but hmm. we can very heavily kind of imply something, at least some kind of exciting secret. I would some say. yearning. Some yearning. Exciting secret. Exciting secret. Wait, no, that was like, <laughs> that was like that was like you know at the begin you can't put this in at the beginning of. A Anyway, um, so despite her controversial behavior and horrific habit of being down bad, Acosta <laughs> is a remarkable figure in queer history. Her unflinching dedication to being herself, an out lesbian, is historic and inspiring. And her role in the sapphic love triangle in the mid-1900s is truly wonderful. Wonderful it is, and timeless, um, again, like, things just don't change that much. Yeah, like, it's very comforting, kind of, that, yeah. that these women were just like us, which we'll kind of talk about. We talked about women in Hollywood today, but the queerness doesn't stop there. Though they may have been quiet about it, and though they may have had to hide themselves to save their careers and public images, we can guarantee that classic films featured people on all points of the LGBTQ spectrum, from performers to directors to gaffers to everything in between. Especially gaffers. <laughs> For queer women specifically, this episode was a reminder to us that some things never change. Dating your ex's ex, being in love with your ex's new boo, <laughs> dramatic love triangles, obsession, lesbian drama is timeless. Jokes aside, it's kind of nice to think that even though these women lived in completely different worlds than us, if we sat down and had a coffee together, we'd have a few things in common. Do you want to talk about our lesbian drama? Yeah, we would just be gabbing away. <laughs> Um, and that's what community is. <laughs> <laughs> it is, though. Yeah, though these women likely face numerous hardships due to their sexualities and the standards that society forced upon them, we take comfort in knowing that they did have people like them. Even if it was filled with drama, they had a community they could connect with, people to make them feel less alone, people to love freely. We're lucky enough that many queer people in Hollywood don't have to hide anymore. Old Hollywood stars didn't have that luxury, but they certainly paved the way for what Hollywood looks like now. Again, it's nice that a celebrity these days just coming out and just, not that they have to come out, but just being queer, witnessing someone existing being queer in that position of power is just such a good feeling. It's why we mm. love when celebrities come out because it's like the community grows. And it never stops feeling good. It's not just like, oh, mm. the first time mm. I saw a gay person, like every little instance, there are always these little wins. Yeah, and yeah. we get them so much. My, I think our most recent one, I would say for me is probably Rebel Wilson. Yeah. Rebel Wilson got married to a woman. Yeah. And that's awesome. That's so awesome. And it's exciting because these amazing, hilarious, talented people are like one of you. As we say in every single episode, queer people have always existed in every facet of life. They have been inventing, and innovating, and leading change throughout the world since the dawn of time. They have been artists, doctors, politicians, musicians, and even pirates. 
And of course, they've been stars, living in the glitz and glamour of Hollywood's golden age. Alright, trivia? Oh, I missed trivia. Okay, so I'm excited for this. So with no further ado, in honor of our topic of Ladies in Hollywood okay. um, tonight, we're going to play Match the Movie Title to the Google Review. Oh. So I just have like a bunch of... Like, okay, I'm so excited. I feel like I'm going to be able to do well on this. I, we'll see. This is so exciting. I can't wait. Okay, I don't think you're going to get this one, okay. uh, but I find just find it funny. Okay, first off, there is a ton of hugging in this <laughs> and crying. <laughs> crying and hugging. Followed by more hugging and crying. <laughs> Why? A lot of times there's no real reason, but there's just no other way for any of these actors and these awful characters to seemingly express themselves. So they continue to cry and hug. Oh, a lesbian movie with a lot of crying and hugging? Oh, I have no idea. Is it... Blue is the warmest color? No, it's Anatomy of Love scene. Oh, oh my god, they Which, do cry a lot in that movie. I think it's so funny that it's like a, just a movie entirely about a sex scene, and yeah. like this review is just about how they hug too much. Yeah, like, it's so funny. Next one. Okay. I wonder if the writers and producers consist of one nerd who spends most of their time online in mother-daughter roleplay. <gasps> is it Ammonite? Yes. <laughs> and they're real for that, because what yeah, is that movie? Yeah, they are real for that. Next. No spoilers, but I didn't breathe for the last few minutes of this movie. Uh, Portrait of a Lady on Yeah, fire. obviously, Vivaldi. Yes. Me too, honestly. Oh, God, I was just waiting for them to look at each other. Oh. Next one. <laughs> I support women's rights, but more importantly, I support women's wrongs. Is it The Handmaiden? Have you seen The Handmaiden? No, but I just know so... they do crime in that. <laughs> okay, so it has to be women's wrongs. I, I have an alternate one. Oh, Some of them have alternate ones oh, if I you're struggling. Whiplash for gay people. Five stars. Oh, oh, it's the one where they play the violin. Or the cello. It's Come called, on. it's called, um, oh my god, oh my god, it's a horror movie. The Selection. The movie you're thinking of is The Perfection, but you're wrong. Per- what? Music. Come on. And is it Tar? Yeah, it's Tar. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. I support women's wrong. Right? Like, tar. wrong, wrong. Oh, I'm so mad. I, we love Tar. We really do. Not her, though. Not Lydia. Next. Beautiful. Makes me cry every time. I can think of nothing they could have done different to do justice to the book. It's perfect. Carol. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, knew, was, have... I knew Carol would be a good one. Okay, here's another one that I saw for Carol, and I wasn't going to, like, make you guess. I just okay. think it's so funny. This is the whole no punctuation, no caps, just... Okay. Playing on one of the TVs at Top Golf. Isn't that funny? It's like, this guy is just in That's Top Golf. So funny. Okay, <laughs> I really hope you get this one. Q same love. I can't change. Even if I um. It's a reference to something that happens like in the movie. We like laughed our asses off at it. What? Girl! It's okay. It was a long time ago. Do you want to know what it is? Yeah. Jenny's wedding. Oh my god. I totally forgot about <laughs> The funniest thing I've ever... Like, best moment in cinema I forgot history. how bad Jenny's wedding was. She's like, I like myself for me, mom, and walks away in the mall, and the same love starts playing. That movie was so bad. I remember the two main characters had no chemistry, and they were supposed None. to be a lesbian couple. Yeah, she and Rory Gilmore. Okay, okay. This is the last one. Okay. This is my number one go-to movie when I'm feeling depressed and need different perspectives. This movie is so real because it's not just about sex it's about real love it's not just about sex <laughs> mary's literally giggling so hard i'm trying to think of movies about sex is it the carmilla movie no oh. you want to know what, it is? what this was a review for below her mouth. 
What? What do you mean it's not just about sex? That movie is entirely about sex. There's the oh, the plot is just like really small font. Girl cheats on fiance. Huge font. Has sex with the same woman 18 million times in the tub, on the bed, outside, in the truck. Yeah, it and is then like pornographic. 10 hours of roofing B-roll. Like I get it, you're sweaty <laughs> oh God, in the I sun. I forgot about the roofing thing. Oh. No, oh my God. Well, thank you so much. I didn't do as well as I'd hoped, but that was an amazing trivia idea. I love that so much. Thank you. I had a lot of fun cultivating that. Wait, something more. So we kind of wanted to switch gears a bit to something a bit more serious. Um, While we discuss Hollywood in the U.S., we also wanted to take a moment to talk about something that weighs pretty seriously on us and on other members of the community and is really, really topical and relevant right now. So bigots in the U.S. have waged a horrific, unforgivable war against transgender individuals, and it's not just through spewing vicious hate online that we've become accustomed to at this point. It's now conservative lawmakers that are pushing legislation that demonizes trans people, fearmongers through lies, and works to take away the basic human rights of trans people for simply existing. Yeah, Republicans everywhere have really just doubled down. It just feels like things are getting worse and worse at such it's an exponential rate. Mm-hmm. It's it's constant. Um, so here are just a few recent cases of, of what we're talking about. A new West Virginia law is aiming to stop trans girls from participating in women's sports. The Arkansas Senate recently approved an extreme bill that would criminalize transgender individuals who use bathrooms that align with their gender identity. Last week, Tennessee passed a bill banning adult cabaret performances in public or in the presence of children, as well as anywhere within a thousand feet of schools, public parks, or places of worship. The wording of this bill is intentionally vague, making it a lot easier for authorities to potentially target trans and gender non-conforming individuals for just simply existing in public. Being in public. Florida is expanding its Don't Say Gay bill with a law that describes sex as an immutable biological trait, and that it is false to ascribe to a person a pronoun that does not correspond to such person's sex. Government-mandated persecution of transgender individuals and forced detransitions are not some dystopian concept. They are real things happening today. Transgender people will die because of ignorance and bigotry and hate, as conservatives use them as some kind of scapegoat, lying to their voter base about what the real threats in society are. It, it really is genuinely really terrifying. Republicans, conservatives have chosen trans people as who, who they're going to persecute, and they are pushing narratives to their wide, a lot of uneducated voter base They are demonizing these people. They are relentless. Like, it's just, you know, they try, like, a little thing in one state, and then some try a different Mm -hmm. thing in another state, and all these different things pick up, and then they get to all copy each other down the line until the whole board is covered with literally erasing an identity. And also, I do think there are probably a lot of people who are like, okay, well, they're coming for marriage equality next. Already, Iowa has is trying to attack marriage equality. So it's not, this is terrifying. And again, they've chosen this group, and they're lying conservatives want their voter base to think that transgender people are a dangerous to their children and b that they are not people this is an absolutely terrifying thing to think about it's it's literally like the early stages of Of genocide genocide, of of a fascist society it's very scary and it's just all happening so fast before our eyes it's really fast like really fast and so kind of on the vein of this show you know trans people have existed since the dawn of time They are not dangerous, they're in danger. 
Um, so we'll be linking some organizations that help transgender individuals. If you're able to donate or, you know, just want to get more educated on what's going on right now, these organizations include PFLAG, The Trevor Project, Trans Lifeline, and the Center for Black Equity, and more. So that's it for this week's episode. We hope that you enjoyed learning about a few queer women of old Hollywood and their messy sewing circles. Feel free to message us if there are any stories or topics you think we should cover next. And of course, follow us at Ghosts in the Closet Podcast on Instagram. As always, I'm Ailey. And I'm Mary. And we'll see you next time to uncover more ghosts in the closet. And we have good new mics. Yeah, we do. Mm -hmm.